Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. It's always, it's always wonderful to be here. And each time I come, it must be as if 95% of the people I see I've never seen before. <laughs> now, that may have something to do with my age, but I think there's just new people coming all the time. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm, I'm going to be joined uh, later on uh, when I turn to the word by a sister who will be translating into Russian. Oh, she's upstairs. Oh, right, okay. Um, and, and that's because I believe there are some people from Ukraine. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, well, we are hosting a Ukrainian family at the minute in Belfast. A grandmother, uh, her daughter, her son-in-law, and her grandchild, a little eight-year-old girl. And um, I, I have been many times uh, to the Ukraine. And in fact, the last time I was there, uh, we, we were in Crimea, Krim, before Putin and his men came and took it. And uh, I, I, I met many, many people out there, but I remember as we were going around Crimea holding outreaches that one particular young man kept turning up. He wasn't part of our team. And, and as we noticed him, we began to speak to him and, and ask him. Uh, and, and he said, oh, I had to come. He said, I had to come every time, he said, because of what Jesus did in my life. And we said, what, well, what did he do? He said, I was a drug addict. He said, I, I was brought up as a Muslim. And I, I, I ended up in trouble and I was thrown in prison. And I was lying in the darkness in my prison cell. And he said, a man in white stepped through the wall and came into my cell. And said to me, I am Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And I am here because of the prayers of your grandmother. Hallelujah. Grandmothers, keep praying. Grandfathers, mothers, uh, fathers, keep praying. There is no one beyond the reach of God. And he said he came instantaneously. He was brought out of whatever the effects of the drugs were. And he gave his life to this man who had come to where he was. Hallelujah. When he couldn't go to where Jesus was. Thanks be to the name of the Lord this morning. He came to us. Hallelujah. We couldn't go to him. So he came to where we were. And I was out. And, and, and I don't know if these names mean anything to you. But I was there with Pavel Franchuk. Pavel Franchuk's one of the most amazing testimonies I have ever heard at 19. He refused to join the Soviet army in those days. As was the same with a man I sat beside one night on the bus. Uh, it was near midnight and he began to tell me of, a, of how when he was young, his best friend was conscripted into the Soviet army and he refused to take the oath. And the night before he was to be court-martialed, he had a dream and in the dream he saw the face of a man he'd never seen before. And the next morning, two soldiers came. He was dressed in his uniform and marched in in front of this long table of Soviet officers 
And in the middle, in plain clothes, was the man whose face he had seen in the dream. And in the dream, the Lord said these words to him, I have everything under control. And he marched him in, and they read out the charges against him and gave him one opportunity to, uh, to take the oath. And he said, I cannot. And they threatened him, and they said, we will put you in an asylum we will inject you with drugs. You will become insane. You will never see your family again. Sign the oath. And he said, I cannot. And the man in plain clothes in the middle of the, of, of the table, he was a hypnotist. And he, took, he stood up and he took his fob out, out of his pocket. And as he walked around the table and got halfway to where the young Christian soldier was, swinging his fob before him, the Lord struck him down. And he went round on all fours on the floor. He began to bark like a dog. And when the Soviet officers saw what had happened, they all ran out of the room. It was the hypnotist who ended up in the asylum. All the charges against the young Christian were dropped. And, and for you dear people, you may be here from Ukraine wondering what on earth life holds for you. I just want to say that to you. He has everything under control. That is easy for me to say, but that's what I learned in visiting Ukraine time and time again. How God came to his people. How God came to the enemies of his people. What a savior we have. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So that's sort of by way of introduction. I would, I would like to sing one verse of a song. If you're really old like me, um, you may know this song. My mother and my aunts used to sing it to me. Here are the words of this verse. All my life was full of sin when Jesus found me. All my heart was full of misery and woe. Jesus placed his strong and loving arms around me. And he led me in the way I ought to go. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cares for me. So that's the words of the song. And I have a reason for singing it, and I'll tell you in a second. my life was full of sin when Jesus found me all my heart was full of misery and woe Jesus placed his strong and loving arms 
arms around me And he led me in the way I ought to go No one ever cared for me Like Jesus There's no other friend so kind as he No one else could take the sin darkness from me Oh how much he cares for me Okay. The reason I, I, I wanted to sing that was that a couple of weeks ago I went looking for a piece of music in my house and I never found it. But I found a book I'd forgotten I had. And I'd read the book when I was a teenager, so that wasn't yesterday, that was back in the 70s. And it became a very famous book and it was written by a lady called Doreen Irvine. And, and the book was called From Witchcraft to Christ. Anyone ever heard of it? Yeah? And I, I, I got the book and, and I read from the moment she came to Christ, leaving out all the darkness that had gone. She was the queen of the witches in Europe. She had stood in, in a blazing uh, bonfire with the devil himself totally unharmed. She was possessed by 47 devils. And she stood in Bristol one night where she was a lady who sold, sold her body, an addict. And she saw these Christians carrying Bibles going into Bristol Town Hall. And she decided to go in and disrupt things. And the only seat in the town hall was right in the front row. And she went in and she sat there, but such was the anointing in the place. Like, the, like I can sense here this morning, such is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. She was unable to do what she came to do, and instead she heard those words, all my life was full of sin when Jesus found me. All my heart was full of misery and woe. Jesus placed his strong and loving arms around me and he led me in the way I ought to go. And she said in the book, for the first time in my life, I saw a little bit of light, a little bit of hope. And she gave her life to Christ and those who ministered to her in driving out the devils from her. She says in one part of the book, one of the devils shrieked, don't mention Calvary. I was there. Don't mention Calvary. I was there. Hallelujah. Jim McConnell, pastor in Whitewell for so many years, Jim used to tell his people, all hell came to Calvary. 
and they were all defeated. And those devils that you and I face, in whatever way they manifest themselves, they've already been defeated. We're not facing generations coming out of them. We're facing the same devils. The Apostle Paul says in Colossians 2 that he spoiled principalities and powers, triumphing over them in the cross. And the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, all those things that we would be ashamed if they were written up on this screen, he has taken out of the way having nailed them over his head on the cross because he paid the penalty in full for all of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And just around about the same time as I found that book, one day I I just doing something in the house uh, and this verse dropped into my spirit. This, This is my message to you. It's very simple. And I had to go and look it up because I didn't know where the reference was. And when I was a kid growing up in church, they used to teach us memory verses, you know? They, they put it up in a chart, and there's where it was, and there's what it says. So I have a memory verse for Cork Church this morning. Will you say this after me? Romans chapter 16, verse 20. Can't hear you. Romans chapter 16, verse 20. 16, verse 20. Say this after me. The God of peace peace. shall soon crush Satan's head head. under your feet. feet. Isn't that a verse? Boy, that began to, to eat its way into my spirit. The God of peace shall soon crush Satan's head under your feet. Hallelujah. And when that dropped into my spirit, folks, I, was, I, was, I had been praying because I need a handful of miracles in my family. I have a granddaughter who hasn't been able to walk for 18 months. Her mother, my daughter, has all sorts of illnesses. My other daughter has all sorts of illnesses. I, I tell you the number of miracles that we needed, but God dropped that into my heart. The God of peace. Because the one thing that Satan wants to do is to rob us of our peace. You ever notice when your peace goes, you get into the flesh? You start getting irritable, angry, judgmental. Is that just me? That's what happens when our peace goes. That's why the Apostle Paul says, be anxious about nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your requests known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds. Hallelujah. Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the God of Peace. He's the one who will crush Satan. Not me. I couldn't do it. I don't have the strength to do it. And yet it says, your feet. We have to keep our foot on the head of the serpent 
because he's got poison in his fangs. And he wants to bite us and create spiritual poison. But blessed be the name of the Lord. We are just re-echoing what the promise was in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. The seed of the woman will bruise your head was the promise. Jesus said to his disciples in Luke chapter 10, I give you authority over all serpents, over all scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. He sends them out. They return saying, even the devils are subject to us. But as we sang this morning, he said, rejoice in this, that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Glory to God. But that, that verse, that simple Romans 16, 20, the God of peace, Sam, peace, Sam, the God of peace shall crush, soon crush the devil under your feet. And I began to just thank God. It is not me who will defeat him. It is the God of peace who has already defeated him. Some of those lyrics that we sang in those praise band, that was wonderful today. I don't know if that was special for you, but it was special for Gina and my uh, and I just to be in that worship. Wonderful. This God that we serve. Uh, and and, and I, so I began to look at some things and, and study some things, and that's what I want to share with you this morning. He is the God of peace. Now, peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And I, I, I take my spirit levels sometimes, and I say to myself, how's your joy, Sam? How's your love? How's your peace? How's your long-suffering? I think temperamentally, I am not long-suffering. I tend to be impatient. It might be the teacher in me. I was a teacher for 33 years. (laughs) But the fruit of the Spirit is peace. Do you need the peace of Jesus this morning? Do you need the peace of the Holy Spirit this morning? He has come to give us peace. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We're not striving to try and win some sort of victory, although we do wrestle against principalities and powers, not not against humans. But the Lord wants us, and it it came through, dear Pastor Stephen, this morning in in that word of prophecy and the, the other things that were said. Rest in me. I have invited you into my glory to share my... It's almost unbelievable, isn't it? But then so many things in the Bible are true. Here's something else that's unbelievable. He became sin for us who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Blessed be the name of... That, That is an astonishing statement. I mean, is it any wonder the world will look at that and say, you're mad? Because that is one 
crazy to the natural mind statement. But you see, when you enter into it, you see, when you can say, it doesn't matter what you say, Satan, about me, he became the, the sin offering for my sin. And in place of that, he has given me his righteousness. I don't know if you're familiar with this passage of Scripture in Zechariah chapter 3. It's one of the great passages that I have turned to many a time. But in Zechariah chapter 3, Joshua the high priest is standing before the Lord. And standing at Joshua's side is Satan. And Joshua is clothed with filthy garments, putrid garments, and yet he's standing in the presence of the Lord. And the devil, who is the accuser of the brethren, is standing beside him, pointing out every reason why he has no right to come into the presence of the Lord. And the Lord says, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. Is not this a brand plucked out of the burning? Hallelujah. Is not Joshua? Yes, brands, when they're brought out of the fire, those pieces of wood that have been burned are black. They're disfigured. There's nothing beautiful about them. But God says to the devil, I have plucked him out of the fire. In all his blackness, and all his deformity, he is a brand plucked out of the burning. Then the same Lord says, take off his filthy garments and put a new turban on his head and put robes of righteousness upon him because he is mine. Yes. And the devil stands to accuse us, doesn't he? And he said, look what you did yesterday. Look at the thoughts you had. You are a disgrace. You have no right whatever to come before a holy God. You're kidding yourself. Your lifestyle's letting you down. Just go away. And the Lord says to him, I have plucked this brand out of the burning. They're mine. Hallelujah. And when we remember such things, that is how we begin to have the, the victory over the devil. The book of Revelations tells us in chapter 12 that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony because they loved not their lives unto death. That's the victory. His blood. His blood. And the word of our testimony, what is the word of our testimony? The word of our testimony overcomes the devil when our word agrees with his word. When we're able to say to the enemy as he comes with those thoughts, I don't care what you say, my God has everything under control. I don't care what you say, underneath and round about me are everlasting arms. They have carried me from I was five years old until this moment when I'm 65 years old. And I've news for you, devil. They will continue to carry me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. They overcame by the blood of the... What does the blood of the Lamb mean? It means the work of the cross. It means our sin has been dealt with. It means the barrier between God's chosen people, the Jews and the Gentiles, has been obliterated. It means there is no more veil separating me between where I am and God himself. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. So when we come and are in conflict with the devil, don't focus your eyes on the enemy. Focus your eyes on the cross. David said to Goliath, you come to me with a sword and a shield. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Who was going to win? There was never any contest. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. All you have, Goliath, is your height and your shield and your sword. I'm going to cut your head off with your own sword. And that's paralleled in what it says in Hebrews about Jesus. Through death, he slew him who has the power of death and delivered those who all their lives were subject to the power of it, to the fear of it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But this is what I began to do. I began to think to myself, Paul, how did you know that? As you're standing dictating to Tertius, the scribe, who is writing all this, how did you know that the God of peace would soon crush Satan under their feet? Was it just a word of knowledge? Just some, a, a verse just inspired by the Holy Spirit? Is that how you knew? That's what I first thought. And then I began to think this to myself. And you can disagree with me if you like, but Paul, Paul wrote that at the end of a, of a long letter. And I began to think to myself, did Paul know that all those things that he had said in that letter were inspired by God? And when he sent that word to Rome, the people in Rome would hear the word of the Lord and begin to act out the word of the Lord and acting out the word of the Lord through Paul would soon crush Satan under their feet. So do you know what I did? To avoid taking the verse out of context, I went back to Romans chapter 12 and began to read through it. And this is what I discovered. I discovered that Paul began to say things to them that are the basis on which we can overcome the enemy. What's the first thing Paul says in Romans chapter 12? I'm sure you know it. I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as living sacrifices. Any child of God who offers up their body to God as a living sacrifice is sure to encounter but overcome the enemy. Lord, here I am with all my failings with all my disasters of the past, but I give myself to you. I present my, I'm, Lord, forgive me because so many times I crawled off the altar of sacrifice. But here this morning in court church at the end of October, I am offering my life as a living sacrifice to you. For one reason, Lord, having read Romans 1 to 11, and all the things you did for me, and the fact that I have peace with God on, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through the fact that I am justified by faith, 
through the fact that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. It is my reasonable service. It's the least I can do to give my body to you. And do you think God isn't going to cause victory to come into the life of a man or woman or young person who will give themselves as a living sacrifice? Now, I'm only going to mention a few of these, but you can see where I'm going. And then Paul says, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. As J.B. Phillips puts that verse, don't let the world pour you into its mold. Because that's what the world is trying to do. The world is trying to exert pressures upon us as God's people to live this way and to think that way. And Paul says, don't let the world pour you. We don't fit their mold. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and perfect will of God. A transformed mind will overcome the evil one. And I I would exhort you, as I did, read through chapters 12 to 15 of Romans, and you will begin to see that Paul begins to tell, the Holy Spirit begins to tell them to be humble. How do we overcome the enemy? It certainly isn't pride. It's the opposite. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that you may be exalted in due season, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Jesus Christ humbled himself in Gethsemane. And because he did, God has lifted him and given him a name that is above every name. How will God crush Satan under our feet? By bowing in humility before the Lord. And Paul states that. Paul also says that there is victory through love and honor. Owe no man anything, he said. If you owe your taxes, pay them to the authorities. But owe no man anything except the debt of love that you owe. (laughs) I am in debt to love you. The ESV puts the verse, outdo each other in honoring one another. What a statement. Outdo each other in honoring one another. Now, I can't speak about the south of Ireland. I can speak about the north of Ireland. I can speak about Belfast. I can speak about the Shankill Road. Up there, we have this attitude. Look at your man. That's what I call the attitude. Look at your man. Who does he think he is? Look at the state of him. That's the way we talk. I don't know if that's translatable into Russian. (laughs) But in Ireland, there is that constant putting down. It's the opposite of the mind of Christ. In honor, outdo each other. Honor your pastors. Honor your brothers. Honor your sisters. Honor them. Because that's the road to victory over the enemy.
because the enemy gets in when we start saying things about each other that have no love in it. A man came to me one day to my house, and he came with an agenda. And I just sat there at the table as he told me all that was wrong in my life. And I listened. And I said, have you finished? I said, well, as you're going, let me say this to you. A whole lot of what you've said is true. But where was love in anything you said? And he was silent, for there was no love. Love will give you victory. Hallelujah. Love will give you victory. Honoring each other will bring victory. Because it's the opposite of the devil's agenda. Can you imagine Satan saying, he's honoring him? Our strategies aren't working. We, we fed him some offense. And instead of taking offense, he's loving him and honoring him. And we read the Bible and we read how Jesus lays aside his outer garments and puts a towel around himself and sits down at the disciples' feet. The king of glory. It was the least slave in the house who had the job of washing the feet of those who would come in. And Jesus Christ does it. Do you see that the road to being exalted by God is a road of humility? It's a road where we honor each other and we love each other. I Sam, but you don't know what he said. It doesn't matter. Owe no man anything except the debt of love. And I tell you, brothers and sisters, this began to really search me. Have I presented my body a living sacrifice? Is my mind renewed? Do I honor my brothers and sisters? Do I honor all men, as the word says? There's victory through letting God deal with those who have opposed you. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You don't have to sort it out. You, you just leave it up to me. That's, that, that word so ministered to me this morning. Give it to me, says the Lord. And I'm standing there saying, God, I bring my families and all their needs. I bring my grandchildren and all their needs. I bring those who are on my heart. And Lord, you're speaking to me and you're saying, give them all to me. Hallelujah. And that, and, and, and I could go on. There's, there's, there's victory over Satan by living under authority. And, and that means the authorities that God has placed in the land, like your government. Who wrote that? Who was in charge when he wrote that? Nero? A head case. Probably possessed of a devil. And yet God says, Paul says, God has placed them there because God is working everything out. Hallelujah. 
Even being subject, of course, if they tell us to do things that are against the law of God, then we shouldn't follow them. But I'm just talking about giving honor to where honor is due. Read those chapters. And this is what he says. The night has almost gone. The day is coming. Sometimes my mindset is it's getting darker and darker and darker. You know what Paul says? The night is almost done. The day is coming. Put on the armor of light. Whoa, what a statement. Put on the armor of light. And I remember one day sitting studying Ephesians chapter 6, you know, about the whole armor of God. And I thought, the helmet of salvation, right? What's, what is that? The breastplate of righteousness, what is that? The girdle of truth, what is that? The shoes of the preparation of the gospel, what is that? The shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit. And then it struck me. Who is our salvation? Jesus. Who is our righteousness? Jesus. Who is the Word of God? Jesus. Who is our faith in? Jesus. Who is the truth? Jesus. And who's the gospel about? Jesus. And when the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God, this is what it's saying. Put on Christ. Put on Christ. He's the armor of light. Hallelujah. And between you, between you and the enemy stands Jesus. You see why you can defeat him? Do you see why even me can defeat him? Because between me and the enemy is Jesus. He's my armor. Hallelujah. And he doesn't get dented when the enemy hits it. He's never been dented once. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish there, but you know, there, there's so much more. There's victory through putting away the finger of judgment. See, in Paul's day, some people would only eat vegetables and some people would eat meats. And sometimes it's, it's easy. See, in Northern Ireland, there's quite a few Christians who follow the Old Testament food laws. Some of them don't eat bacon. I don't understand it, but that is their position. Here's the wrong thing for me to do. Ah, you see, I'm going to enter into judgment upon your theology. Do you know what Paul says? The people who don't eat, do it unto the Lord. And the people who do eat, do it unto the Lord. Therefore, you should not enter into judgment. And I, I have to say, I did that in the past. I couldn't understand. I mean, what are you not eating bacon for? Jesus said it's not what enters into a man that defiles him. It's what that comes out. And if nothing that enters in can defile you, then there's no food that's unclean. But here's the problem. We can get on our high horse sometimes, and we can start pointing the finger of judgment and say, uh, uh, Paul says no. He says, they don't eat in faith. And they do eat in faith. And then, listen to this line, he says. Because whatever is not of faith is sin. Whoa. I have to finish. 
But has this spoken to you? You see what I mean? You see what I mean? I began to see Paul. You're believing that the word that will reach Rome will transform the church and in transforming the way they think and the way they act and the way they get on, Satan will be crushed soon under their feet. And that's the word that the Lord put in my heart and it's still living there. And I leave with Cork Church this morning. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.